0: Welcome to the Wake and Rake Podcast.
1: In my mind, you just wake up and
0: go rake. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. <laughs> Episode 51, Wake and Rake Podcast, powered by Swing Juice. Swingjuice.com, the official merchandise provider of the Wake and Rake Podcast. Will and Books, Danny Vietti As always, episode 51, baby. We are just rolling along as is the Major League Baseball 2022 season. I feel like a lot has changed since the last time we chatted, Brooksy. Like the Red Sox starting to get moving a little bit. The NL West standings have changed a bit. The Dodgers are not just completely separating from the rest of the league, which is getting kind of interesting. And now the Braves, the defending world champs, are on a... Eleven game winning streak as we're recording this podcast. So a lot's changed in the last two weeks. I feel like
1: they're actually, I'm pretty sure they're winning. They're winning again. I mean, they're playing the Nats,
0: seven to three right now. When we're seven three. Okay, yeah. Jesus,
1: yeah. The so-, so the AL East in general. So there's some crazy stuff. Yeah. So the Sox were, they were eleven games back of New York. They went to the West Coast, went eight and two, which is phenomenal. Historically, a bad team going west. Most East Coast teams are stuff. Um, so they went eight and two on the road trip, get back. And they're 12 and a half games behind New York now. (laughs) How, how, that's That's just like how good New York has been. Like they just keep rattling off eight in a row, lose one, seven in a row, lose one. You know, they're just, they're that good right now though. AL East four out of five teams are in the playoffs.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I don't want to like be such a Yankee hater or anything. But like, how often do we see the best regular season team fall short in the playoffs? I feel like we see that a lot. Like, you know, it's the Nationals in 2019. It's the Braves in 2021. Like teams that had the 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 Giants Giants weren't the best, were
1: they? What what did the Dodgers have last year?
0: In 2020 or last year? Last year. Last year, the Giants had the best record with 107 victories.
1: Okay, so just so you know, little 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 foreshadowing here, little little uh, preview what you just said about them winning 107 games that will come back up later when we talk about uh, with our trade talk, just it's a really cool note and you're going to like it a lot.
0: Trade talk. Yes. Yeah. We got trade talk. We promised a hat giveaway too.
1: Oh trade shoot. We dude, haven't been just, on here in like a week, week and a half.
0: We're just giving away stuff left and right. We gave away tickets a couple weeks ago, hats, we'll probably give away some shirts, man. We're just giving you people. Hopefully, we have hat giveaway that we will do at the end of the show. As always, we have our headlines that we will discuss a lot to talk about on headlines. Like I said, a lot has happened in baseball in the last week and a half since the last time we chatted. And then we want to get into the trade deadlines coming up. We're about six weeks away from the 2022 MLB trade deadline. We're going to discuss trades we want to see happen. And we kept it realistic you know obviously i'd love to see juan soto in san francisco is that going to happen probably not so we steered clear of the fantasies yeah mine are
1: actually not necessarily want but what i think is a real possibility
0: same and i kind of went with fits and i, no, went I, with, um, I, I saw reports.
1: so we shared we shared our list because i didn't we didn't want them to be too similar because that's just boring for a podcast i completely like all yours i'm like yeah that, that could happen like I really could see that happening. So
0: yeah. overall, get we'll get this. we'll get deeper into it. But the, the the pitching market is a bit thin this year. Um, yeah, hit, there's a couple of big tickets that we will discuss. I I want to tease it a little bit, but there, there's some some decent hitters out there as well. Headlines, MLB standings update. that I, I just kind of mentioned there's a lot of teams going on runs. I just want to update everybody here. So the Yankees are still rolling, first place in the American League East. You mentioned, if the season ended today, there would be four teams from the American League East in the playoffs. Right. The Twins are still atop the American League Central. Chicago White Sox, really, really struggling. I want to get deeper on the whole Tony Larusa situation, walking Trey Turner with a 1-2 count in one second. Well, the then Astros... You had Lance
1: Lynn, too, and uh, mm. Mickey Ewing. What the heck? I think that was about the shift. I hadn't looked too much into it. but did you, going what, going? Did, did
0: you hear what Lance Lynn said, though? No, I didn't. They asked him what was the dust up about, and he said, "McEwing said that he likes fillets, and I like ribeyes."
1: <laughs> I, I, one hundred percent see Lance Lam a ribeye guy. Porterhouse. Okay, well, porterhouse is what is a strip and a fillet. What is it? No, that's a
0: T-bone. Have you seen Parks and Rec? Yeah. Swanson. Ron Swanson.
1: Oh, oh, oh! Wait, who reminds you of him?
0: Lance Lynn reminds me of Ron. Oh, Swanson. Lance Lynn, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And in yeah, yeah. Ron Swanson's favorite steak, he goes in there and gets like, like a two-pound, yeah, like two-pound porterhouse every single time. So Lance Sounds Lynn amazing. seems like a porterhouse guy to me.
1: I, I don't think there's many meals Lance Lynn would turn away. <laughs> to
0: be honest. <laughs> Check out our last pod for the beer league softball team. You might see a Lance.
1: He's my left fielder, by the way. <laughs> Oh, Astros
0: Here we go. Astros are rolling in the American league West angels whew, losing 13 of 15 big time yikes losing their manager as well what Here, happened man I, I, it's inexcusable for that much talent Mets are atop the NL East we mentioned Atlanta's rolling in Philadelphia one nine straight over the last week and a half since firing their manager Cardinals atop the division of the NL Central as the Brewers are sliding a bit and then Indiana West is getting very, very interesting with the Dodgers and the Padres mm-hmm. tied up at the top. So, first on the docket, Tony Larusa intentionally walking Trey Turner with a one-two count, and then Max Muncy coming up next and hitting a three-run jack. Are you against that? What okay,
1: uh, that? no, I don't. I don't think that was the right move, <laughs> and that's not just result oriented. That's not just because. of – Mungsy, uh, you know, hit a home run. Um, number one, you're saying I don't have confidence in my pitcher. You're it's a two strike count. You can unintentionally, intentionally walk somebody, right? You know that you were a pitcher, so I, I I don't like you going out for a mound visit there, and because then the hitter's like, I'm not swinging, right? Trey Turner's a smart hitter. I mean, you dug up the numbers. He was actually good in two strikes.
0: I knew you were going to be against it, so I kind of wanted to play devil's advocate a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my thing is, like, there's a lot of turmoil about, why oh, you're an idiot. Like, why would you do that? But if the base was empty from the beginning of the bat, he would have just walked him anyways, right? Because Mun- Muncy's hitting, like, 150-something, right? He's struggling. Just even even after that, too. I would have – even after the two strikes, I would have been like, I feel good about this matchup. Muncy has been bad. There's no way around it. Um, so nine times out of 10, it works out my, my, my C, for some reason that probably just fired him up. He's already pissed because he's struggling. And now it's kind of like an fu. like, eh, two strikes, you know, that, that, that would get me going as a hitter. If you walked a guy with two strikes to get to me, because I'm struggling that bad. So I would have been like, F you bro. Like I am, and they probably locked him in even more, um, but yeah, go ahead and give your spiel about why it was the right right move. Analytically speaking, it was the right move. Baseball, just baseball talk. It was, the, it was a bad move. Not trusting your pitcher. It's a big league pitcher. You should he should be able to pitch around him, see if he'll chase. And if you walk him, you walk him.
0: You already qualified it for me because I personally would not have made that decision. But to play devil's advocate here, Trey Turner since 2020 is a 1060 ops with a one-two count against left-handed pitchers
1: 1060
0: oh a thousand thousand that's among hitters with at least 15 at bats in that situation which is most hitters most everyday players there and that is the best in baseball since 2020 1060 ops so I highly doubt Tony knew this though, when he was making this decision, you know what I mean? Like the numbers. Support oh
1: no, 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 season. no. He 100% did. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't him who had the numbers in front of him. It
0: was his bench coach. He's more of a, I'm going to go with my gut type manager. You know, he's not a,
1: I think there's people guiding him. Like I feel like he has like a guide dog, you know, uh, like analytically speaking, he's probably a little blind in the dugout and do the game. So he's kind of got a bench coach who's his guide dog. Um, so a lot of, a lot of managers like Alex Cora, those guys have sheets with like matchups number, all those analytics. like this pitcher, like it'll have like, I don't know, Tanner Houck. And it says like every situation, every count righty, lefty day game, night game, like whatever it may be. And it has his splits. So like they have certain things highlighted in which like, that's their pocket. Like, that's a good spot for them to pitch in, like come out of the bullpen. in this situation in a two-run game, whatever it may be, it's broken down to, like, the millionth percent, of, you know, because that's what we do now. Someone told him, hey, hey, all right, base is open. You can walk him here. And he just didn't flinch, and he just did it. Because I don't think he normally would be a guy to do that, right?
0: If Dave Roberts makes the same decision, I wonder how the reactions would differ just because i can see dave roberts i can see dave roberts doing that Yeah, exactly like he's notorious for making the analytical decisions and then people you know
1: like and i mean this i don't mean this in a disrespectful way but dave rock because dave roberts i played for him he was my coach in san diego he's a phenomenal baseball mind but i feel like he is a puppet uh in la with freeman those guys right because that's, that's a, just kind of how they run things, but it, it, but it works. It works. So why would you change it? So it, they have, they have a system. Um, I, he, but I feel like he doesn't make many decisions um, in his own head by his own gut. He doesn't, he doesn't make those decisions and you can kind of see it, which I, I miss in the game. That's At why all. I like Alex Cora. I like Alex, I, like, I like Alex Cora. Obviously I'm a Sox guy, but Alex Cora is the complete opposite of high and bloom. Um, so I don't know how long that relationship will last like there' i've I'm not saying he's on the hot seat or anything like that like he's not Alex core is one of the most valuable uh assets to a team you can have across baseball like his baseball i q is unbelievable his memory every like you can ask him post game about like a certain pitch and he'll tell you everything about it like the lead the runner was getting his i q is insane but high Bloom wants a guy like Dave Roberts who will just do whatever he wants. Um, from what I can tell, just from watching the game, just from listening to them speak, uh, and Alex wants to give you a 50-50, maybe not even 50-50. I can't give you a, a number there, but he wants to be able to use his baseball mind, his eye test, you know, leaving guys in to face a fourth time through, give him a, a CG like he did with Pavetta, like stuff like that. But Dave Roberts, not, not that guy.
0: How much uh, influence does have over the day-to-day lineup? Do you know?
1: Um, I mean, there's an entire – they give Alex a lot more free reign than most managers get because he's proven that he can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's proven not only – he doesn't just pull it out of his ass. He uses the numbers that the analytical group gives him. So he will sit down at his desk and make a lineup based off of These are our best chances with the numbers the computer spits out. But I might tweak one or two things just based off of what I see, how I know a guy was hitting in the cage because the numbers don't know that. This guy's in a shit mood today. He's not going to play well. Like the numbers can't tell you. uh, The the, the, the analytics can't take the temperature of the clubhouse. They can't tell you like if a guy's just down today, like his temperament. Like you can tell like when he's like that, he doesn't play well, even though the analytics say this is a perfect matchup. Things like that. So there might be one or two things he tweaks, but for the most part, he will go off what the computer says. But they give him free reign to tweak it if he wants.
0: Good mixture. Yeah, I can I can buy that. Angels lost thirteen of fifteen games. The most important headline from that you had to have heard about the Joe Madden Mohawk, right?
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> he fired up the boys once again. I think Joe
1: Madden got a Mohawk for himself. Yeah, because I feel like Joe Madden does a lot of stuff for himself. But do you agree? That's just with, my
0: opinion. Do you agree with the firing of Joe Madden?
1: <sighs> that's tough. Um, it's like with Girardi. It's like, oh, Dombrowski's a genius because they went on a nine-game winner streak, right?
0: The timing really, by Philly was good, by the way, because Philly went on to play Oakland at home. Um, gosh, who did they play after that? Uh, Miami. So they're playing like losing teams, whereas Anaheim or the Angels, I should say, went on to play the Mets. They're now playing the Dodgers like their I schedule was way tougher.
1: I don't have a feel for the Phillies clubhouse, so I'm not sure. Um, But I do know I will say just from some guys, I know that Joe wasn't loved as a manager there. There were some disconnect from just the rumblings things i hear from certain guys that there was some disconnect there um it was kind of the joe show every once in a while you know it was kind of about him a lot instead of about the players um so if that's true then it was a good move now if you would just fire a manager because you're losing that's, that's, that's the wrong play. But if there's a reason that there is a disconnect, there's not good communication, your star players don't like them, then it's a good play. Uh, Girardi, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know if there was a disconnect in that clubhouse. That's the only time I would say, get him out. Change it up. And Rob Thompson, who's in there, who was their bench coach, he spent many years in New York. He knows how to win. He's been in a big market. Baseball lifer. They love him there. So I can see where he's a good fit. Um he's overqualified for the position, in my opinion. Um, so he, he's a good fit there too. Um, I like Phil Nevin too. I think they I think they uh the guys really like Phil Nevin there in, in Anaheim or in LA. I can't say Anaheim now, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know what that, do we call him Anaheim. LA people get, sometimes people get mad for saying that, but like when you say Los Angeles, then you have to differentiate like, Hey, I'm talking about the angels, not the Dodgers. Yeah.
1: The halos. We'll go with the halos. Everybody it likes. Gets, an it
0: Angel. just gets confusing and I, I just don't like it, but whatever. I think it's just unacceptable to have that much talent. I mean, it goes without saying when you have Shohei and Trout, I know Trout got injured there for a few games days, day to day yeah. and Rendon. And then all of a sudden Taylor Ward's great now. And then the whole idea, everybody knows the elephant in the room has been pitching. Well, Mm -hmm. this year they actually went and spent some money on pitching. You brought in some, yeah, they
1: rebuilt their entire bullpen too. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Lorenzen came in, you got Reed Detmers, who was your top pitching prospect. He threw a no hitter earlier this year. Sandoval had been good. So to lose, was it 12 straight games, I think, or 13 straight games was a franchise record. That's unacceptable. Last
1: game of the Red Sox was the one they won.
0: That can't happen. Like to go on a five game losing streak, six games, sure. Every team's going to hit the skids at some, the Dodgers are going to hit the skids, even though they're obviously one of the most talented teams in the league. Every year, this is going to happen. But to lose that many consecutive games with that much talent, completely unacceptable. I don't even know how it's possible to have that much talent and be that bad for that long of a stretch.
1: I mean, they also played, they played the Mets, they played the Red Sox who were hot at the time, they, they played some good teams too, ran into some, some good arms. So it didn't help. Uh, but, yeah, with that talent, with that lineup, that doesn't really seem like it should be a possibility.
0: Let's transition to the defending champs. Is it time to now bring Atlanta back into the fold in regards to the World Series um, contenders? Yeah, I, don't, playoff contender. I don't think
1: they are a real, like, like, World Series contender this year just because of the other talent around. Um, where are we at? Their five-game back in the Mets, it was ten and a half. and a half Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they went on the streak, and it's cut to five. But now they're also a playoff team, right? Yeah. They're tied for the second play uh wild cards. They're tied with uh, San Fran right now. Right. So they they would be in playoffs now. Dude, this all goes back to Ronald Acuna coming back. Like, I know he was back for a while, but he was slow, right? He was slow. He's like, knocking the rules off. He maybe came back a little early for timing-wise and playing big league baseball, facing big league pitching. But now he's hot. And he's their spark plug, right? So, they're rolling, dude. They're, they're a good ball club. I don't know. In that division, I mean, who knows what the Mets are going to do in the second half. They always collapse. Mm-hmm. But the Mets should get better. They don't have Scherzer. They should be getting Tyler McGill back. DeGrom, heard of him, right? And they, I wouldn't put it past Stevie Cohen to make a move and pull bring in the big arm uh, at the trade deadline because he has – like he doesn't care about money like that's not an issue clearly they're already at a point where they're in the highest tier of the luxury tax anyways so i don't know
0: keep in mind too mike stroke is hanging out there he's just through a bullpen and he could be making right. his return very soon as in within the next couple months here and this is a guy that as a rookie finished sixth inside young voting at 268 oh, I era i mean the, that just what? gives him another ace
1: where is he? Where is he? I thought he was going to be back the whole year. Why am I? What am I missing?
0: So the latest report is Soroka could make his return to the mound in less than a month. So he's through a the second Achilles, right? Correct. correct. Right. Another injury that is making headlines now is Steven Strasburg. He made one start, got knocked around a little bit in his one start, and now he's headed back to the injured list. Now in 2020, or just before the 2020 season, after they won the World Series, after he won World Series MVP. He signed a monster deal to make him the fifth highest paid player in baseball in regards to average annual salary, which is $35 million per year. Since then, how many, he's, made how many his, innings <laughs> he's made eight starts. Oh, So he has made eight starts, 31 in the third innings pitched. That's a one in four record in the six, eight, nine year array. And now he's going back to the injured list and the reason I brought this up is not necessarily to pick on Steven Strasburg I wanted to break down the highest paid players because there are certain teams like the Astros certain teams like newly San Francisco Giants that are refusing to give out these monster deals especially when they're 29 30 years old everybody's trying to avoid the Albert Pujols contract that the Angels were stuck with right so right now your highest paid players. On an average annual basis is Scherzer, Garrett Cole, Mike Trout, Carlos Correa, Steven Strasberg, Anthony Rendon, Francisco Lindor, Trevor Bauer, Corey Seeger, and Nolan Arenado. Those are average salaries. But and if you, can you take go the power off, well, you can take Bauer off, I guess, but but if you go on contract value, Trout, Betts, Lindor, Tatis, Harper, I'd say all five of those are looking pretty solid so far. Yeah. After that, Corey Seager, Giancarlo Stanton, Garrett Cole, Manny Machado, Nolan on Otto. So you're looking pretty good for the most part. You could make the case that, you know, Tatis has been injured since signing, signing his monster extension. Giancarlo's been injured a lot of the time that he's been in New York, but now he's hot. Right after that, though, you got Miguel Cabrera, Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rendon at 11-12 and tied for 12. And Joey Votto right after that. And then David Price is right after that. So these monster deals, I would argue that those five guys, Cabrera, Strasburg, Rendon, Votto, and Price, they're making $200 million plus, definitely handcuffed their team a little bit. And and at the time, I'm sure it was a good deal at the time, but obviously hindsight's always 20-20. It's just a question of, do you want to sign a 29-year-old player to an eight-year deal? And it seems like the game's going the opposite direction now, and maybe there's good reason for it. (laughs)
1: We're about to see a 30, 31 year thirty-one-year-old right fielder get maybe three hundred million dollars.
0: Thirty-one-year-old. Right judge. Girl. Oh yeah, the yeah. So, so he's gonna
1: get paid. Xander Z- Bogarts about to get broke off. He's thirty.
0: That's true. Is he gonna right? get an eight-year so, deal? I don't.
1: Know. I think he. Sh- I think team wants six. I think he was saying ten, so that he can get eight.
0: Like, Carlos Correa wasn't even – and Correa had injury concerns, but Correa didn't even get the long-term deal that he wanted, you know? I mean,
1: Bogey is there, like, every day. Like, he rarely is on the I.L. When he is, it's one stint a year. Like, he plays 140, 150 games every season. So, I don't know. Does he – can he stick it short? I mean, if all the time takes its toll, right? And how much do you want to be paying a DH the last three, four years of that contract?
0: Yeah. Eh. That's right. Little Tatis update: They had an MRI on his wrist, and uh, I don't want to say it's a setback, but it, it, the MRI showed that they didn't love where he was at. So they're kind of putting a little bit of a pause. You know, the timeline is just extending a little bit on his return. It wasn't
1: enough improvement to take wings,
0: right? But he was playing catch today, which is a major step in his recovery because before he was only taking ground balls, now he's actually fielding the ball via catch so
1: is it his left wrist yes okay yeah so that's why throwing is an addition
0: it was a cat scan apologies that's the same thing as what's the difference between a cat scan and mri
1: it's just not as Mm -hmm. in-depth you don't get as many angles images uh depth in the bone stuff like that but you can get a general idea gotcha especially on breaks mris are used more with like ligament type stuff This might be the
0: coolest thing that I've seen in the past week and a half. And it happened on Tuesday with St. Louis Cardinals. So I sent you a video
1: right now. I got it. It just now came
0: through. Did the Cardinals just find a hole in the system? That's by design. Here's the situation. Bases are loaded, two outs. Paul Goldschmidt hits what is expected to be an inning ending ground ball. But check this out. The runner who's running the second base, Nolan Gorman, does not slide in the second base. Instead, he never breaks stride and sprints through the bag. Why would he do this? Well, it's a proven fact that sliding slows you down. So while most players slide into second base conceding the out, Gorman sprints through the bag and actually beats the throw. So he is safe, but only for a hot second because now he's out the bag and exposed. While all this is going on, the runner that was running from third base to home scored. Had Gorman simply slid into second base, the Pirates would have gotten the force out inning over no run score. Instead, He sacrificed himself to allow his teammate to score. The runner in front of Gorman was eventually tagged out and the inning ended, but not before the cards extended the lead. So it's really not a hole in the system. They just outsmarted the system.
1: So when I initially saw this video, I did not, I just saw a video on Twitter. And I wasn't, I didn't know the situation. So my initial thought was, oh, he's just, he's beating the shift. Like there's no one at third base. And then the more I watched it, I'm going, this kid is a genius. Or the coach who planted the seed is a genius. So bases loaded, two outs. Ground ball to short. He beats the throw, but instead of sliding, because it's probably going to be out because it slows you down a touch when you slide, he runs straight through the bag and gets in a rundown. But since the bases were loaded, the run at third scores because there was not a force out the tag they tagged him out after after another rundown um and because of that the run scored so it was such a brainy play to get the run across because if he just is forced out at second base the run and count obviously Uh common baseball rule um the broadcast team like was, blew me, this, was blew me like, this, bri- this blew me away like this just blew me away like this is you, that's next hear this level. talked about i heard this talked about one time is by dustin Pedroya, mm-hmm. who was the smartest highest IQ baseball player I've ever been around and but I've never seen it in person happen I've seen a video of it in the minor leagues a long time ago um yeah either the either the first base coach was like hey if this happens do this which is genius but if if who was, was that Gorman a rookie rookie just came up right stud like I they're think, they're yeah. their are number one prospect right
0: Number – well, him and Libertor, yes, those two. Libertor,
1: yeah. Yep. Okay, but it was still one of their top prospects. Yes. That is such a brainy, like, 200 IQ play.
0: That's what that I'm saying. This. That's definitely Oli Marmol. That's not Gorman making that up on his own. There's no – How way. do you know? You know? Well, that's, but the Cardinals broadcast team were, like, yelling, like, this is what they teach. They've been working on this. So, like, clearly it's a team principle going on, you know? like,
1: I mean, if this is something being taught, that Bravo Cardinals, that dude. is – that is such a brainy, smart baseball play. I mean, that the game of so
0: baseball cool. has been played for what 150 years at this point, yeah. and yet you're still seeing these new strategies and like uh, Something, nuances yeah. of the game just being presented. I, I, mean, I thought they, it was, it was they stole a run. They stole a run. But,
1: but there's a lot that goes into it. Like this isn't an easy play. Number one, you have to get a really good break. You have to be a really good runner. It has to be the perfect ball hit, and it has to be a throw that doesn't allow the shortstop to just tag you as you try to run by crazy. I kind I of feel it. bad. That's that what it I love about baseball the- is like, we're still seeing things that we've never seen before.
0: I kind of feel bad that it happened against the pirates. Cause it seems like every bad thing happens to the pirates. Like the hobby bias play was it last year, or the year before. Like, Yeah. Just
1: that bam. was just a bonehead. That's a complete opposite better of this though. play though. This is the, that, that's completely opposite. That was the biggest bonehead play of all time. This the de- the defender couldn't do anything about this. Like nothing. The defenders, he did nothing wrong.
0: No, <laughs> that's insane. Love it. August 2nd is the trade deadline. So that means mm. the rumors are going to start flooding in folks. And the season's here really. I mean, it's crazy that expanded postseason is going to make things that much more interesting. Cause you have more teams involved. You have some pretty big ticket items, uh, You don't have any. Last year, you had the Chris Bryants. You had some really big-time deals. This year, not as impressive of a list, frankly. That said, you're going to have some definite difference makers and some definite X factors. Guys like Wilson Contreras, Luis Castillo, Frankie Montes could be on the market, Nelson Cruz. So you get to have some pretty decent deals being made, and you're going to see a lot of activity from a lot of different teams because the aforementioned expanded playoffs. So August 2nd about 60-ish days away or so, and we want to talk about the trades that we want to see happen. I want to start with you, Brooksy. What's your first trade that you want to see happen before the deadline?
1: Uh, I'll just go ahead and get this one out of the way because you're going to yell homer at me, but I, I'm going to do I got one for Red the Sox. Red Sox
0: first. Yeah.
1: yeah, I had to get it out of the way. I'll I, I do it first. Uh, you know, I went back and forth between uh, Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas. And I went Frankie Montas uh, to the Red Sox. Um, I, think, I think adding him to the rotation could move Rich Hill, who actually, 42-year-old lefty. he's actually pitched really well for the Sox this year.
0: He understands his assignment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But he's had some outings where he goes six innings and gives up no runs, and he's been, he's been solid. But if you can move him to the bullpen and be a, you know, a swing guy, long guy, middle, middle relief, uh, to come into that big curveball, like one through one time through the lineup, he'll be really good, maybe, maybe even twice. He's not going to third guy through. He didn't have the stuff. He throws 88 with a really, really good curveball. Um, but say then you get to the season and you have Montas, Ivaldi, um, Pavetta, Waka, those guys in the playoffs, you're able to move Garrett Whitlock back to the bullpen where his numbers are night and day. He's still been a really good starter, he was really better just facing our lineup once or twice through, um, mainly just one time through. He was, he's His numbers are insane. So I think this is more of a thing, like once you get to the postseason, if they get to the postseason, which I think they will with the expanded uh, playoff system, that moves Garrett Whitlock, who I think is one of their best weapons, back to the pin, back to high leverage situations. They have him and Tanner Houck, uh and and Matt Strom and Deakman and all those big guns in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, and Hansel Robles figures it out. He'll be good, too. So there's just like a domino effect if you add another starter. So I, th- I like Frankie Montas there. And, and he's team control through next season.
0: They have team history, midseason deals. Remember the Cespedes deal? The, the, the John Lester. Lester Cespedes deal? It you know, yeah. was, was a big deal at the time. The First yeah. one I have is Wilson Contreras to San Francisco. San Francisco this last weekend swept the Dodgers. Very, very impressive weekend for them. Now, Los Angeles is hurting a little bit. They just put Walker Bueller on the IL. But the other way, they had their, their A-list guys going at them this weekend, and San Francisco was still able to sweep them. And there were questions about the Giants coming in because the record isn't as good as last year. Uh,
1: who, did, who did the Giants just have go down?
0: Uh, uh, shoot. Jacob Junis.
1: Yeah, Junis. He's been throwing the ball really
0: well, actually. Fanta. He might be an X-factor. He's going to come back. He I faced him. I
1: faced range. him. He was in AAA with the – Royals. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Get Good slider, stuff. huh? get slider. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nasty late.
0: Yeah. So he could be an X Factor, yeah. but the Giants proved that they can beat anybody. And the Dodgers proved that they are beatable once again, opposed to what many may have believed. So for that reason, they just sent Joey Bart, who was their top prospect, down to triple A because he was struggling, hitting about 160 on the season. He hasn't really found his way. So right now the backstops that they have. They traded for a couple different guys. They got somebody from Houston. They just traded for another catcher from Philly. Don't even remember their names, to be honest. And then they have Kirk <laughs> Casale, who's been their starting catcher most of the season. And Casali's done a really good job handling the staff. Sitting about 230. Might run into a couple long balls now and then. But Wilson Contreras, whew, he's been on another level this year, especially for yeah. a catcher. Him and his brother. I don't know what they ate this year, like during the offseason in the Contreras household. But both Wilson and William, who's with the get, Braves, yeah. crushing baseball. So this year, Wilson Contreras, hard-hit percentage is in the 99th percentile. His average <laughs> exit velocity, 97th percentile.
1: Barrel percentage, percentage like, This is his like, average?
0: This is his percentile rankings.
1: Oh, wait. I thought you said his average exit velocity was 97. He's in the 97th percentile. Percentile. I was like, Jesus. Still, still right.
0: the, from a catcher. You know what I mean? Like right? you, you know the savant page is just red everywhere. Like the dude's so crushing. Can base. I
1: can I just use what you just everything you just said to just transition into what I'm about to say? Yes. So I have Contreras going to the Astros because okay. Martin Maldonado, a great catcher, great receiver, calls a great game. He's respected across the league as a as a catcher, but he swings a wet New York Times at the plate. Right. Swings an extension cord up there. All right. He, he, he's hitting 150. He's not going to come up in a big spot. He, he might get some big knocks here and there. He's been okay in the, in the postseason. And he's an important piece. Uh, he can, he'll continue to be, even if you bring in Contreras. Uh, Contreras is a really active uh, catcher back there. He moves well. He's not known for being the catcher that Maldonado is. He's not known for throwing out guys at, at a clip like Maldonado does. You don't get the name Machete, They're cutting people down, unless you like <laughs> – you really don't throw a lot of guys out. Uh, but they they need another bat because that Houston offense has been really like middle of the road this year, which normally they're top three offense in the league. This year they're like 15th. Not, not good. Like literally average as it comes. So I think they could really use another bat. I don't think they're going to have trouble winning the division. I think they could have trouble in the postseason without some big bats, and that would be an impact bat.
0: To help your point, you could always stick Maldi behind a dish still, sacrifice the bat, and then DH Contreras, and then stick Yordan in left field. You got Brandon. Right, you're Lee. not gonna
1: you're not gonna lose his bat if Maldi needs to catch because there's just, I guarantee there's guys like Furlander who probably want to stick with Maldonado. Yes. A lot of sure. veterans like, like the same catcher. So
0: you'll so, Kyle no, Tucker out in center, you got Yordan. In the left, and then you got Brantley and right. That's right, very doable. And then you DH. That's
1: cool. so but, good. Yeah, I, oh my I, God. It's,
0: good. it's funny. We had the first one two punches, but we had different teams for trades we want to see happen. I want to see Frankie go to Toronto because I think Toronto is a pitching piece away from truly being a real contender. They got the offense. We all know what those bats can do, even despite like Teoscar kind of being hit and miss this year. Their, their I think bats. That's have, a good
1: fit. I don't know what they have to give up.
0: That's well, I mean, think. the A's. Already made big time deals with the Blue Jays this last season, or excuse me, off season. But Chappie going to right. Toronto. I just so, don't know
1: what what Toronto has to give up. The Red Sox have a ton of prospects
0: for sure. That's that's going to play a big part in it. Um, with Montas being one more year of control, A's are going to get a little bit more in return. I just think the Blue Jays depth chart, as you look he's at it, really right making now, he's
1: making five million, so it's not like he's making a ton of
0: money. Gosman's fantastic. Brios has been very hit and miss this year. I'd say more bad starts than good. Manoa's been fantastic, and then after that, you got Kikuchi and Stripling, so you add Montas into the fold, and I think you have a real rotation. What is your third trade do you want to see, Brooksy?
1: So, I'm going Luis Castillo. All right, so remember earlier... Why are you smirking like that? So, earlier I said I was going to bring up the 107 wins again. Right? So, I got Luis Castillo going to the chest.
0: It's a good pick. Um, yeah, that's a good fit.
1: So... All right, this is crazy to me. All right, so the Giants have literally basically treated Cincinnati like a farm system in recent years. Um, so, Anthony D. Mm-hmm. Alex Wood, Kevin Gosman, and Johnny Cueto were all ex Reds. That's a good point. Okay, that That's made good. up four of their five starting pitchers from their 107 win season last year. Jeez.
0: That's a great point. didn't Yeah, cool. I, to be honest, so I'm like I thought,
1: why not I for, why not why not dip in there again and grab somebody else?
0: I forgot Gosman was with Cincy, to be honest. It was quick, it is quick, it was, but still, but
1: he was still an extra red, right? Yeah, Alex Wood, same thing. I didn't remember him being there, and I was like, Oh man, yeah, he was.
0: You know what? So all four those of their pitchers, five
1: starting pitchers last year.
0: You know what all those pitchers have in common, too, including Castillo? What is their best pitch? Change up, change up Gosman yeah. splitter slash changeup. up you uh, know why?
1: Because they had uh Derek Johnson.
0: Yeah, DJ, right? The the ex Vandy. He was our pitching coach there, the big
1: Vandy guy. He's in, is he still in Milwaukee now? I don't know. He was in Milwaukee when I was there. Maybe he's in, no, maybe he's in Cincy now. No, he's in Cincy now. They didn't have him there. I take that back. I take that back. So DJ was in Milwaukee when I was there. Amazing guy. He built his name and Vandy had all those big names at Vandy, but he's in Cincy now. So that that completely ruins that. That would have been cool, though. Interesting, But, hey, there's my cool, interesting stat or fact. So, I was like, why not just go get another red and make your team good again? And Castillo, I got to see him pitch in person um, against the Red Sox. And he absolutely just shoved it up their ass. <laughs> Would be like, change up, change up, change Like five change-ups in a row. Bam, 99 at the top of the zone. Go sit down, pair of shoes. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I'm not giving up on my angels yet. That's why I got Castillo going to L.A. I think Perry Manation is obviously going to be aggressive considering he just fired Joe Madden. Correct. They're not going to go quietly into that dark night. like They are going to push the envelope come trade deadline. Obviously, if they completely fall out of the standings, that could change things. But as of right now, I see Perry making moves, scary Perry. And so right now, their rotation of Otani, Lorenzen, Sandoval, Syndergaard, and Detmers not being getting the job done. So you bring on Luis Castillo, maybe it gives you a better chance to win some ball games. What else you got?
1: Trey Mancini. Can't forget about Trey Mancini. Hmm. Like I'm going to the Twins. Why would the Twins not add? Um, this is a guy who can play corner outfield if you need it. He can play first base. They have a, uh, what's his name? Arias? Does you say it? Ari- he's,
0: he's, he's your batting title winner right now. He's your yeah, batting He champion.
1: rakes, but he's not your typical first baseman, right? now. He's kind of like a utility body type guy, which whatever, do your thing. Uh, and obviously he can DH as well. I just feel like Trey Mancini's a really good fit for the Twins. They they can add another bat. Trey, uh, Mancini's really slow start. He had a 590 OPS in the first month, but since May 3rd, he's got five homers, 17 ribbies, uh, over a 900 OPS in, in the last 38 games. So he's versatile. He can move around. He's a good dude. I feel like he fits the, mood of, with the mold over there with uh, Baldetti, Baldelli and those guys.
0: I got Scott Barlow headed to San Francisco. I'm kind of being a giant. Scott homer Barlow.
1: Today. Dude, I went to high school with his wife.
0: Really? Yeah. He, he's Clancy. from Her name's Clancy. You, wait, you went to high oh, with his wife. I was gonna say his he's his from wife. Cali. You're from Texas. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, no, his, no, no, no. His wife, Clancy. Who's he married to? Excuse me? Who's he married to?
1: The girl, a girl named Clancy. Mm. She's fancy Clancy on uh on an IG.
0: Hmm. You guys like Brian's or what?
1: Uh no a lot of mutual friends See, actually sorry I, I said we went to high school we we went to high school in the same town we didn't go to the same high school but we had a lot of mutual friends
0: did she so go to copac's high school because didn't copac go to? no
1: no uh no she went to so texas high so like ryan mallet some those guys it was like the big school in town mine was like the next tier down um yeah i wasn't like super close but like we're she'll like comment on my stuff and my girls on IG and stuff.
0: Yeah. Kansas city's closer. And uh, he's had a couple good seasons with him. He had two, four, two ERA in 2021, a one, seven, eight ERA this season, six saves and 25 and a third innings pitch. And then you look at his average exit velocity, hard hit percentage. They're both in the red 88 percentile. So another arm for a San Francisco giants bullpen that right now is really struggled. The bullpen ranks right now in the bottom eight in major league baseball. So, The bullpen's got to improve for San Francisco, and that was one of their strong um, assets last season. So I'd give him another arm, and I think that would be a great fit for him. Yeah. What was the last one you had?
1: I like like, uh, Scott Barlow's stuff, too. Like, he's kind of slings it up there. He's not like your typical, like, just blow your doors off guy. Like, he moves it around. I like
0: him. I think we have the same exact last pick, don't we?
1: Um, yeah. And then I have a consolation, but, um, are you going to, this gotta be Nelson Cruz. Yeah. 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 Bruce.
0: I talked you into this one.
1: We can go with that. On, I, so I, init- I initially had Nelson Cruz going to the Padres, mm-hmm. which I, cause I remember early in the season, like they were one of the teams that was going to sign them. Um, but then they got Luke Foyt. Then they got Luke Foyt, but. I mean, Nelson Cruz is hitting 260 with seven homers. It's not like he's raking. But Luke Voigt's hitting 220 with six. But who do you want in a playoff run? Luke Voigt or uh, Nelson Cruz? I don't know. I, I feel like he's a better fit for the Brewers. They don't really have a DH. Andrew McCutcheon's been dh the last several games. But, you know, just pick up a veteran bat, Another another veteran bat for that um for that playoff push because they got to get it going
0: since may 21st you mentioned that nelly hasn't exactly been hitting the cover off the ball this this is over his last 21 games he's hitting 413 with three homers so he's yeah no he's he's been he's he's getting hot at the right time right and the right time is going to be pre-trade deadline when the nationals can get the biggest load for him. so yeah it's perfect nelson cruz to milwaukee makes a lot of sense
1: yeah i i yeah i totally agree
0: those are the trades that we want to see happen as the trade line approaches. Now, we have one more thing on the docket, as we promised, a hat giveaway. I'm going to do something different this time, Brooksy.
1: Oh, wait, wait. I had a consolation pick. Who? David
0: Robertson. For the yeah, he's having a good year for Chicago.
1: He's got like a 170 ERA.
0: Yeah. too bad they don't Initially, have more thing.
1: So, he was the first guy I had on this list like a few days ago. And I had him go into the Red Sox. But I think the Red Sox found a closer in Tanner Houck. I think they're finally going to, like, let him have that role. So, if they decide how closer, I think they need to go off, go out and get, like, a veteran backhand arm because they have 10 blown saves this year. They'd have a lot more wins if they had a closer. So, I think their player has the most saves as, like, three, right? And that's a it shouldn't be that way. Right. So if Halk's not going to be your guy, like maybe go look into that. He's a, he's a rental.
0: I going to do something different for the hat giveaway. I don't hate that pig, by the way, I'm gonna do a, you know, I normally do a random number generator. I'm going to do a random letter generator and the first name that pops up first name with the uh, letter that I get. That's our winner. The letter is J boom, right there. Second guy on the list, Jeff Gasman. another Red Sox fan, of course.
1: Love that! I was hoping it was Jenny. I need another hat.
0: So Jeff is our winner of the hat giveaway. Jeff, we will be contacting you either via DM. Yeah, it looks like your DMs are open, and you got waking rate gear coming your way.
1: Let's go! I need a new one. Mine's fading because I wear it every day,
0: dude. I get so many questions on that hat.
1: So many, they're like, "Dude, are you a landscaper?" I'm like,
0: basically, but that's not what this is. No, I just wake up and I rake.
1: Oh, I gave it to so. Uh, Dave Miller, uh, he's a head grounds crew guy at Fenway. Yeah, we tweeted Got that him. out. He's rocking in the it dog at Fenway. His dog, Drago, is wearing it. Yeah, no big it's deal. A, Wake and it's a, it's movement, a movement, people.
0: Get on <laughs> board.
1: Do it. Yeah, Get- it's a sweet hat. It's, it's the hottest hat in the game. It
0: is. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Episode 51. We will speak soon. A lot of baseball happening. Trade deadline approaching. A lot of things moving. A lot of parts moving. We'll be with you along the way. Peace out, people.